This is the Wu Wei Wisdom Podcast, our weekly no-nonsense life lessons aimed to inspire you to master your emotional and spiritual health, achieve balance, harmony, and flow, and rediscover the authentic and awesome you. We're your hosts, David James Lees and Alexandra Lees. This episode comes from our YouTube teaching archives. This week, we're talking all about fear of emotional closeness, intimacy, and the giving and receiving of love in relationships. Often our childhood experiences profoundly affect our adult relationship dynamics and how we view love and intimacy within these relationships. If this is an issue that you struggle with, in this video, we're going to be offering you some practical insights and advice on how you can move from a place of emotional shutdown, unavailability, to one of emotional freedom, where you can give and receive love without fear or expectation and enjoy authentic, loving and intimate relationships. Okay, David, so the question we've had in on this topic is, I struggle with intimacy in my relationships. I run away from close, loving relationships and always end up in superficial, unfulfilling and unhappy ones. I associate love, both the giving and receiving of love, with feeling inadequate and vulnerable. Right from my childhood, I've learned that the people who I loved have left me or rejected me and I don't want to experience this pain again. So now I push people away, shut down in my relationships and keep myself emotionally unavailable. Can you help? I love these questions because if you listen to the question, it it might be worth you just rewinding and listen to the question and write down what she's saying. Because she almost answers her own question is if you listen to what mm-hmm. to what she's saying. Well, quite clearly, the the person who's asked this question has an understanding that the root has come from childhood experiences. Yes. So, everything that's happening to her now in her adult life, in terms of how she views love, how she views intimacy, how she views sex, how she views closeness within her relationships has come from stuff she's experienced in her childhood. And how how she views herself. And how she, well, massive. That's That's the number one thing. If you listen back to that question, I would recommend you going back to the beginning as Alex reads the question with a piece of paper and write down what she's saying because she's almost answering her own question. And so all of this starts with your relationship with yourself. As we say on all of the videos, before you can have a meaningful relationship with someone else, you have to, you have to have that meaningful relationship with yourself. And if you're constantly running away, avoiding, you can't have a meaningful relationship. Mm. And as you said, this normally begins in childhood, not all of the time, of course. And this is why we use the term the inner child, because it relates to that part of your mind. As I say on many videos, the relevant time for me, just from my client, seemed to be around the age of six or nine. I'm not being dogmatic and saying it has to be that age, but around that age seems to be very important. Let me remind you why. Because it's around that age when your sensitivity is fully developed, but your cognitive reasoning, your thinking process, hasn't quite developed to the same pace. 
So you're in situations that you are creating responses, emotions, feelings, whatever you want to call them, fear, anxiety, depression. You know, I call them red light feelings because it allows you to look at the thinking. So you, you are in those situations. You, you can, you get the feeling, but you can't analyze. You can't logically rationalize whatever term you want to call, whatever term you want to say. You can't rationalize or address or learn the life lesson of that situation. So, what you're saying, as a child, if we experience something negative or something painful or something uh, unfamiliar and uncomfortable that happens to us in relation to love or closeness or a kind of a strong bond that we have with someone, if we experience something like that as a child, and we don't understand what's going on, we experience red light feelings, painful, challenging red light feelings, and no one explains to us authentically what's happening. We then associate as a child love, closeness, intimacy, being kind of familiar with someone and, and feeling open and relaxed with someone. We, we then, it's like we marry that with red light feelings. And then we, because it never gets resolved as a child, then the that part of our mind gets stuck, goes into lockdown. It doesn't mature. It gets blocked. And that blocked part of our mind is what we call the inner child. Exactly. Just one little thing I'd add on. I think you explained that well. Because the child is experiencing the red light feelings, very intense, never underestimate, tsunami of feelings, overpowering, overwhelming, whatever you want to used as a description. These are extremely powerful feelings that the child is experiencing. The child hasn't accepted that they are creating the experience. They believe the experience is coming in at them, raining in like those arrows I talked about. Have you ever seen those old films where the millions of arrows come raining in at you? That's how the child sees. So exactly what Alex has said, but there's something else very important. The child then takes what is totally logical, totally understandable, and maybe even appropriate action. They block. Mm. They put up what they call protection. They then begin to look for safety. Mm. And these are the words that we repeat all of the time in these videos. They follow an illusion that they can be safe. They want to start to control. They want to stop where the arrows are firing from. They don't accept that they are creating the feeling. And this is where they get the wrong end of the stick, or what I say, they put the cart in front of the horse. They're looking at it the wrong way. Then they get locked, as Alex said, in that mindset, if you like that term, they get locked in. The Chinese call it like a kernel. They get stuck. It gets frozen. And then they get layers and layers and layers during the years of trying to protect, trying to control, trying to keep themselves safe, trying not to experience what they've experienced there because it was so painful. And I think, David, I want to pick you up on something because I want to be absolutely clear on this. When you say the child... So us as the young child between the ages of six and nine years old, or maybe a little bit earlier, maybe a little bit later, they don't, when you say they don't create the, they don't realize that they create the experience, what you mean is they, 
the experience being the emotional experience. They're not creating the external environment. They're not creating the experience of, say, someone abusing them or someone leaving the family home that they love. So we're not saying that. You're saying, but they are, you are saying they are creating the red light feeling. Emotions, the experience. In response to the external stuff, which could be very, very bad. Very bad. Yeah, yeah, okay. But, but they haven't got the knowledge or the experience. They haven't learned the life lesson yeah. to address that situation. Mm-hmm. And these can be really extreme situations, death in the family, divorce in the family, moving house, down to what adults don't think are so important, but moving school, a new child coming into the family, uh, being bullied, you know, and something as we would say, as simple as not getting on the football team or or the or the netball team or not getting good results. They, if they haven't got the knowledge of how to deal with those, what we call life lessons, you could call events or stimuli, they then don't know how to deal with it. They create these red light feelings, these emotions, experiences physical inside of their body, but instead of understanding that they've created them, they believe that these have come outside, almost attacking them, and then they build, mm-hmm. what I said, the defense to protect and, themselves. And that's why the inner child, so just as this lady's inner child is in full force, uses words like, I fear intimacy, I, 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 I don't want to make myself emotionally vulnerable, fear, vulnerability, they're all signs that the the inner child is on that lockdown. Absolutely. It doesn't want to get hurt again. It's misunderstood because quite rightly as a child, we don't understand what's happening. And so unless we have the adult, appropriate, authentic adult guidance, which, you know, a lot of us don't have uh, as children, that we then have to try and work things out for ourselves and we misunderstand. We then blame ourselves. We go into this lockdown and we say, I'm never going to let this happen to me again. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to open myself up to someone again and, and, and be open and loving and free with how I express my emotions because I just get hurt. I, you know, I, I don't want to, I really don't want to experience that I again. I don't want to re-experience yeah. that same pain. And it is a little bit like the Pavlo dog. They don't want to re-experience that pain, but they're not looking at it in what I would call a wu way, a balanced way, because it's a little bit like saying, I put my hand on a fire and I got burnt. And so therefore, for the rest of my life, I'm not going anywhere near heat or fire. Mm -hmm. It means I can't have a hot food. I can't go near a gas cooker. I can't go near heat. It's almost like an overreaction, which is appropriate for a child who hasn't got the cognitive reasoning. But as you grow up, this is you have to learn those life lessons. And the biggest life lesson that I can pass over to you is you are the creator of your emotions. You are not the victim of them. We encounter, all of us, every human being, difficult, challenging, twists and turns, life events, situations that wouldn't it be better if they didn't happen? But if anybody tells you that you can live a life, that you can control those from happening, they're not telling you the truth. Because through all of our lives, we do not know what's going to happen. And what we're teaching is be flexible, be adaptable, be in your woo way. So if and when those events do happen, you can deal with them appropriately, authentically, truthfully, 
honesty, with integrity, and taking full emotional and self-responsibility for what you think and what you say and what you believe. And that's what these teachings are about. And this is why it's life-changing. Don't live your life on a belief system of a six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old child, particularly in something as, as important as this, this lady is talking about, relationships, love, being in a group, allowing yourself to experience the joy of being intimate, of sharing, of being in a relationship. But as I said right at the beginning, I would be talking before she can do that, with other people, she has to do that with herself. Mm. She has to have that degree of honesty, truth, integrity, self-responsibility for and with herself. And I think the point, David, that in terms of what sort of childhood experiences may bring about this almost like a faulty equation of how you view love, how you view intimacy, how you view being open and free, emotionally free within your relationships, there's so there's a, such a wide spectrum of childhood experiences that can cause this almost this faulty equation. The obvious one being abuse, particularly sexual abuse, but also things like observing a breakdown in your family relationship, say your your mum and dad divorcing, or there being some sort of, you know arguments or infidelity within the family, to things like parents leaving the home or parents dying. There's a whole raft of things which messes up the child's view of love, closeness, and being open and free emotionally. And and for everyone you've said there, and and people watching will have their own experiences, alcohol in the family, you know, violence in the family. I mean, there are so many, we couldn't cover them all. But, But we can decant them down. And we can decant them down to you because if you've said that vow to yourself that I mentioned in most videos, it must be me. There's something wrong with me. That's where we can work on because what I'm teaching is your childhood does not define you. Can I repeat that? Your childhood experiences do not define and set out the rest of your life. It cannot, because I want you to take full emotional and personal self-responsibility. I want you to put your hands on the wheel. I want you to drive your Ferrari. I don't want you to be sitting in the back seat telling other people how they should be driving your car. And this is what happens, is these immense events happen in a lot of our clients' childhood, massive events. Um, but that, I always say... In these videos, that proves to me how awesome you are to be able to have traveled through that part of your journey. This is your journey. This does not define you. You now can take responsibility and you cannot change what you don't understand. So you have to go back. This lady has to go back and have a look at some of her core values, her core beliefs, her structure of her thinking, because the word she's using is keeping her trapped in this. She's still in this kernel. She's still going around what we call the carousel of despair because she hasn't updated her belief system. She's still working. I don't know how old this lady is, but let's say she's 40, 50. She's still working on an eight, nine-year-old belief system. And 
this is why it doesn't work. You have to update the belief system. And I think, David, that's a really important point because the child carries the corrupt belief system, the faulty equation, if you like, with them into adulthood. And then I know what you teach is that essentially then the child, as it, as you become the adult, looks around for evidence to prove and compound the faulty belief. So it's not just like you carry the faulty belief and it's operating, operating, operating in terms of how it affects your relationships, but it, it becomes self-perpetuating. Exactly. So you go into relationships where they are already manipulative um, inauthentic, where there are issues with intimacy, where you attract people who are going to mess you around in terms of love and how they view love. And then that, then the inner child says, well, there you go. I'm definitely right. I definitely need to protect myself. I definitely am vulnerable. If I have to be careful. I have to go into lockdown. And it's almost like it, well, it's the law of attraction at work. So it plays out in every single relationship you have. And then that has a compounding effect, which makes the child want to protect more, protect more, protect more, protect more. And then you get to the situation where you don't know where to turn. You're totally emotionally on lockdown. Well, well, yes. I mean, my term for that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. And and it, the lady says she's always running away. She can't trust. So therefore, you cannot have a meaningful relationship. As in Alex says, then they use that as an evidence that, that, that they're right. But that's the outcome. That's the outcome. And I often say in these videos, if you do not, the three lies, I'm not good enough, I can't cope, I'm unlovable, or I'm unworthy, same thing. If you believe that to be true, then give me the evidence. Don't give me the outcome of believing that. And I have some people writing in, a lady wrote in a couple of weeks ago and says, well, I can prove I'm not lovable, David, and here's the evidence. I've had three failed marriages. And that's not the evidence why you're unlovable. That's the outcome. That's what happens when you believe that. What I want is what is the root? Why do you believe that? And I will almost guarantee you it's either what someone said to you or it's what you, what would be the word, gathered up, what you thought of of the situation as a child. Yeah, you concluded. C thank you, Alex. <clears throat> that would be a childlike conclusion yeah. to situations around you that you didn't understand. Yeah. And so you concluded as a child, well, my mum and dad are always arguing. I'm just using this. My mum and dad are always arguing and I'm always involved with the argument. There must be something wrong with mm -hmm. me. How wrong can you be? That is totally wrong. You have yeah. to stop this. This is nonsense. This doesn't make sense. Your mum and dad are arguing because they want to argue because they haven't solved their own emotional problems because they haven't got the emotional understanding that you're learning. It's nothing to do with you. And if you get to that conclusion from then on, you start then creating the carousel of despair proving the negative, going around and around and around. Because you're not working on your belief system, you're working on an eight-year-old belief system or something that someone has told you. Mm -hmm. And so, David, what you said, the example you said, so if, the, if your parents are arguing or if there's a real emotional upheaval and family breakdown in terms of your parents' relationship dynamic and what happens between them, Often as a child, our conclusion is 
relationships, intimate relationship, close, close relationships are a bad thing. They only end up in disaster, in pain. And I, you know, I saw my parents' heartache. I saw my parents crying. How can this ever be a good thing? Therefore, I don't trust. I don't trust relationships. I don't trust a partner to respect me. I don't trust a relationship to play out in a positive way. Now, I know you, you, you work with a lot of couples and you do relationship therapy with a lot of couples on sex and intimacy issues. Now, this lack of trust in relationships, lack of trust in a partner, almost as a starting point for us as an adult, how does that play out then in, in the relationship? Well, when I'm working with a couple, I like to work with them, first of all, just individually to start to understand their own individual belief system. I always say to my clients, you know, the biggest sex organ is the one between your ears, what you think and what you believe. And that really affects the intimacy of any relationship. So first of all, we have to see what the two couples are thinking and believing, not particularly about themselves <clears throat> or about the current situation, but just around the stuff that we're talking about now, about relationships. I always say to my couples, I say on these videos, look at the word relationship. It means the ability to relate. You have to have that ability to relate. Now, if you do not trust your partner or do not trust yourself or like this lady, always on standby, mm. always looking for something. We call it setting the bar. Yeah. So you set the bar and you think, well, if you if she really loved me, if you really love me, do that. And then they do it. They go, hmm, didn't set the bar high enough. Let's set the bar a bit higher. If you're in that scenario, your partner can never be intimate with you. It can never relate to you because it's almost as though they're always on test. Mm -hmm. You're always there on guard, ready. It's like you've got the shield ready to put up, and that means you can't have a relationship. So you have to, as I said at the beginning, before you talk about relationships, you have to work on the relationship with yourself. Yeah, and so... <clears throat> I guess what I'm hearing, David, if you come into the relationship, regardless of how authentic or open or loving or giving your partner is, if you start with that lack of trust, if that doubt in them and what they're about and how they view you, then you're always going to be guarded. You're always going to want to control whether that's you know, practical things in your relationship or intimate sex issues within your relationship. There's always that element of control, of not being able to be open and free. There's a manipulation going on there. Well, what, well, what you're doing as well, this is what I hear a lot, you can't give everything. You hold something mm. back because, again, you. this is what I heard just a couple of days ago, I don't want to be hurt. Again, you're misunderstanding that you are creating the pain. You believe that the event or the person is creating the pain and you have to respond to that pain. It's coming externally to you, not internally out of you. And so therefore, if you're not at one in the relationship, the relationship is a oneness, the yin and the yang of the two people coming together is in the relationship. If one or both are holding back, not giving everything, not looking for thought, Trust is a very in interesting word. I'll do, I do what I say to my clients when they say, I have difficulty in trusting. If you've ever said that or thought that, ask yourself, 
what is your definition of trust? Mm. <laughs> it's an interesting question. What do you actually mean by trust? And so I get lots of answers to that. Well, I've got to protect myself, David. Well, look what happened. Well, you know, these things always work out wrong. Well, the, and, and it's a projection on. And what you're doing, you're projecting on the negative. Mm -hmm. And here's the law of attraction. You see why I believe the law of attraction is so powerful. What, how you think is what happens, how you believe you're setting out your direction of travel, your intention. And if you think, well, this is great now and this is really good, but I know what's going to happen in a couple of years' time, and then you're setting that in motion. I, I would say, David, on, on trust, <clears throat> for most people, tr the our concept of trust is attached to expectations. Exactly. Trusting exactly. someone or something it, is going to work out okay, work out how I expect. Ah, Trusting my, that my part. Exactly. So trust is... It's almost like a human-centered mind and inner child concept because we can't <clears throat> know that our partners are going to be <clears throat> always authentic, be always with us, be always the way we you want them to be. You don't even know that you can be well, there. Exactly, exactly, but the inner child <clears throat> has that certainty, wants <clears throat> that certainty, <clears throat> has that expectation, and we, as adults, almost sign up to the inner child's desires and expectations in that regard. And it trips us up time and time and time again, because no one can meet those expectations. Not even we can. But, but it always makes me smile when I ask them that question. And we could do a video yeah. on trust yeah. and perhaps write in and what, what, what you think trust is, and we can do a video on it. And, and, and they say what Alex says, well, I want certainty. I want to know that they're always going to be there. I want to know that. I want to know this. So I says, you want to control them. Well, I don't want to control them. I want to know. And I said, can you be certain about yourself? Can you be certain where you're going to be in two, three, five years time? Can you guarantee that? And the real answer to that is, I'm sorry, we live in a universe where no one can guarantee. The only thing that we can guarantee that I work with my clients on is that we will communicate. If my intention for you, with you, about you changes, we will talk about it before I act on that intention. That because that changes and that becomes being self-responsible. That becomes integrity. Mm. See, that's slightly different to trust. It's my integrity that if my thoughts towards you, towards our project, towards our relationship, towards our journey changes, I will discuss that with you. And that's why when we talked before about the spiritual contract, the second clause, truth, honesty, and integrity, it's very important. And then can you trust your partner's integrity? See, that's much different than trusting that everything's going to work out the way that you want it. If you're with a partner, do you trust their integrity, male or female? Do you trust that they can walk the walk and talk the talk? If you can't, then you have to really look at the relationship. But again, we have no certainty no, over that. No certainty. We can we can't you know, we can't get someone to sign a, a contract saying, no. I will I will <clears throat> always be in this relationship to my highest integrity, I will always, you know, because that's not reality. No. So I would say, I mean, the life lesson here, if 
if tr- if the if it <clears throat> trust is the issue which is blocking the intimacy the giving and receiving of love freely the life lesson here is examining those inner child's expectations of a relationship of a partner and almost saying you know there is no there's no guarantees of certainty no. i can i can be clear on my authentic boundaries you know the boundaries beyond which i do not think it's appropriate for a partner to step beyond or a relationship to go beyond and as long as you communicate openly well, that's back to that's back that, to the integrity that is the key that that's is the, the key. key but also to me the trust issue i don't know whether this is right david is about not trusting the relationship will work out in a certain way, not necessarily trusting that the partner will meet your expectations or do things always the same way forever and ever and ever. It's about trusting yourself. Exactly. That's what I said trusting at the beginning. Trusting yourself. That, that's, that's what this lady, yeah. that, if, if this lady was my client, that's exactly what I'd be working on on her. This lady has got the inner child work. We have to go back. I would almost guarantee that she's had some kind of emotional disruption or dysfunctionality in her childhood that has not been resolved. She has not learned the life lesson. Mm -hmm. And this is why we call these series, I think we've done about 30 now, dealing with these life lessons. These life lessons shape your life. What I'm saying is they do not have to define you. What happened to you in your childhood does not define you because now you can take responsibility. And this is what the Wu Wei wisdom model is about. Is about, and this is why I think it's spiritual, you see. I think we have this wonderful, amazing spirituality that we call Shen. We have this part of us. And when we're full of all these doubts and fears and worries and going to our emotions, we're farther and farther and farther and farther away from our Shen, where we should be. We should be connected very closely with our Shen. Almost using the Shen, the spirituality, your compass to guide your life. Not letting your fears and anxieties guide your life. Letting your true, authentic Shen guide your mm. life. And we've done a couple of videos on this, this concept of Shen, the spiritual energy, the spiritual essence, the higher self within you, and how you can use that to guide your life. And I'll put some links to those videos for you as well. So, David... We've talked about trust. So people coming into adult relationships with trust issues, wanting to control, wanting to manipulate, wanting to protect themselves. What about people who, as a child, got this faulty equation that love um, is about something that's bartered, that's traded, something that I have to earn, something that's taken away from me if I'm not a good girl or a good boy. Therefore, in my adult relationships, when I'm intimate or anything to do with sex or giving or receiving love, again, it's a manipulation because I'm seeking validation. I'm seeking to boost my own self-worth via my partner or my relationship. How does that play out? Wrongly. It really goes wrong. I think we've done a video on this, haven't, yeah. we, haven't we? That love is not a commodity. Love cannot be given to you or taken away from you. Love is a green light feeling. If you want it in our model, love is a feeling that you create. 
Now, someone can create that feeling for you, but they can't give it to you. You can't earn it. It's not something they give it to you wrapped up in a pink ribbon and they can take away from you. They can show you that they have that love for you, that they are creating that feeling for you, or they can show you they're not creating the feeling for you. It is not your responsibility. In fact, you cannot make them have that feeling. That's down to them. And I believe this is where it goes wrong for a lot of us in our childhood, because we are bought up, reared with the idea that love is a kind of a carrot and a stick. Mm -hmm. If you're a good boy, a good girl, you're doing well, mommy and daddy are so proud of you, aren't you great? If you're not doing so well, we're disappointed with uh, us with you. And we, we use that. And then the child quickly learns very early, perhaps even before the age that we're talking about, that they have to please their parents. They, they want to receive this validation, these strokes, as some of my clients call it, from their parents. And that's something that has to be earned. And then you're on the carousel now, mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter what you do, you're never going to be fulfilled. A lot of my clients will talk about love as like a hole in their in their chest and they want somebody else to fill it, particularly people with some of my clients have got weight problems and they look at food or the lack of food as to fill or to reduce the hole with drugs, with gambling, with spending on credit cards. They're always looking to fill that emotional hole mm -hmm. where they have to understand this and please look at that video because we talk about this in far more details. That, that again, has to be created by you. You have to create that feeling for yourself. Then if somebody else chooses to create that feeling for you, that's like a cherry on top of a beautiful cake already that you've made. But you have to have what I call in the Wu Wei model, Qiang, self-nourishing, self-nurturing, self-love. You have to have that for yourself. And if you're not doing that for yourself, I can tell you without a doubt, Nobody else will fill that mm. hole. It's impossible. And if you don't have the self-love for yourself, and, and we've done another great video on Chiang, self-love and self-nurturing, but if you don't have that, not only does it play out in um, unhealthy lifestyle habits, like you said, overeating, gambling, excessive drinking, self-destructive mm. behavior, but it plays out in the relationships in terms of how you operate within relationships. Self-sabotaging. You know, Self-sabotaging, mm. you know, just, you know, promiscuous relationships, um, not, you know, not wanting deep, lasting, intimate relationships, preferring to have a, a, a kind of series of affairs or a string of partners, but still mm. remaining emotionally unavailable, using sex and intimacy in a manipulative way, like withholding or giving too much, codependent relationships, all sorts of unhealthy, imbalanced relationship and dynamics. That, and, that, and that's what I normally find is wanting things the way that only you mm -hmm. want them. So if you're if you're the one that's promiscuous and going around and having a relationship, it's all about me, 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 me. Enough about me. Let's talk about me. It's all about what I want. It's not considering your partner. And this is why the word relationship is a very strong word, the ability to relate to another person, to absolutely share what you believe. Your integrity is so important in as in as in relationships and again you've got to have that for yourself first you've got to be clear on your life journey 
You've got to be clear on what you believe and why you believe it. How many times do you、mm-hmm. hear me say that? What is it you believe and why do you believe it? If you believe in being promiscuous, then why are you in a non promiscuous relationship? Why have you made that choice? And this is where it gets confusing.、Mm-hmm. And you've got to be very clear on what you believe. What do you want? Because there's nothing wrong with anything as long as you. Communicate it、yeah. and transmit it, and not saying one thing to someone and then doing something opposite. I think, David, the message I'm getting here is very much that love, intimacy, great sex, all those things are not a kind of a bolt on that we have to control, create, manipulate. They are a natural expression of a, a coming together of two people who are emotionally. Balanced, authentic, clear on their own intentions, purpose, their own self-love, and the coming together with open and clear communication—that all the love, intimacy, and all the great stuff—is a natural byproduct. Then, is the Chinese call it the lotus blossom opening?、Mm. So, when you get all this groundwork, in in my day we used to go call it courting. <laughs> when you're courting someone, that's an old saying, isn't it? You're kind of getting you're you're aligning what your dreams, what your hopes, what your intention, what your life journey is, and that's where you've got to be honest. And then when you come together and create a oneness between the two of you, then everything that Alex says is the lotus blossom opening. You open yourself up, and all of these are very natural. You don't have to think about it. You're not judging. You're not setting standards. You're not being critical. You're not doing what we call CCJ. How many of you in relationships are doing CCJ? Comparing, comparing your relationships to your friend relationship, comparing your partner to your friend's partner, comparing your partner to somebody on te- on television, comparing, criticizing, always looking for the wrong things. Oh, look what you've just done there! You're always the same. You never do this. You never do that. Oh, it would be better. And being judgmental, you know, and saying things like. Well, I deserve this. I deserve that. Instead of buttling down and working on the communication between the two of you, so as Alex says, the relationship can blossom in its natural course because your relationship is unique to you. There is no other relationship like there's no other you. There's no other one of your partners. So therefore, your relationship has to be unique to the pair of you. Yeah, yeah. And that's where we don't, we shouldn't do the comparing. Absolutely, comparing with past relationships, comparing with expectations of, you know, oh, my friend's relationship is like that. This is a unique blending、Absolutely. of the energy of the two、it、of you. Never, and I, I love that analogy. It will、yeah. never be the same again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It cannot、yeah. be the same again.、Yeah. So if you've had a previous bad relationship, if the if your current relationship. Is the same, and I'm sorry, it's down to you because your new partner didn't know about the old relationship.、Mm-hmm. Only you knew about the old relationship, so you've engineered it. So it's very important to understand. Stop this comparing. Don't say, "Oh, it always works out like this." Oh, I know how this is going to work out because then you're activating the law of attraction. You are setting that path. You are doing your satnav to go on to go on this yeah, yeah. journey. Why don't you create a new journey? Why don't you? And I tell you why. Let me answer my own question. <laughs> because your inner child always will favour the familiarity.、Yeah. It dislikes the unknown. It's unsure of the unknown. 
And again, this is the basis of this teaching, being in our Facebook community. We should be embracing, looking forward to the unknown. The unknown is where we absolutely emotionally, physically, and spiritually grow. You should be moving towards the unknown, not returning back to the known. Great. Thank you, David. So we've covered a lot of ground there. I hope you can relate to some of the situations, some of the mindsets, some of the beliefs maybe that we've talked about. Obviously, there are several key life lessons here which we've flagged up to do with trust, self-love, and and having that honesty, truth, and integrity within you first, and then allowing that as part of the communication within your relationship. We've touched upon inner child work and we've done several videos on inner child reparenting, so I will also put a link below to those. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Wu Wei Wisdom Life Lesson. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow. If you'd like to work one-to-one with David, he supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations, plus our online events, offers, and gifts on our website, wuwaywisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group, on our YouTube channel, and on Instagram. Search for Wu Wei Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy, and in your flow.